I did tell you I'd go fishing, and I did tell you that I'd be fishing regarding defensive line. And I maybe, maybe got something the end of that hook. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll also check out. The NFL draft is now two whole nights away. Mike Tomlin and Omar Khan met with us yesterday on the south side for the Steelers' annual pre-draft press conference that's, as I mentioned to you on yesterday's show, usually full of way more information than you'd feel you'd be getting out of something like this. You'd feel like everything would just be so crazy close to the vest that they wouldn't answer anything, that they'd never discuss a positional need, or uh, the only thing that they really will avoid like 100% is any name that's in the class with very, very few exceptions. And and that's only whenever there's an extenuating circumstance, like a player uh, who's at Pitt or like yesterday, there was a question asked about Joey Porter Jr. Tomlin answered that one uh, in a very general way, referring to local players as the four one twos and how he handles those. So you think there's not going to be much there, but there is, but there is, you just have to listen to it. But before that, you have to do a little bit of this fishing that I had discussed yesterday. So I did, and I did that in the form of asking about DeMarvin Leal. And before I play it for you, the reason that I did that was that if Tomlin were to answer in a way that would make it sound as if Leal had either cemented himself or was going to be challenged to cement himself as a fixture in 2023 on that defensive line, then maybe they wouldn't be perceiving the same urgency that a a lot of us, myself included, do as it relates to the front. So here's the question, and, and here's Tomlin's answer. I utilize Marvin Leal in some different ways over the course of the season. What do you envision for him uh, heading into 2023, his role, his frame, and how might that impact what you look at in the draft? You know, there's a lot of variables that determine that, and, um, you know, his level of readiness, his growth and development uh, physically, mentally, um, you know, how he processes the experiences of year one. Um, I'm open and, and expect um, him to be on another level like I do all guys, but I don't know that I I see it with great clarity as I sit here today. It's still too many mo- moving pieces. Uh, what are the major components of the, the talent acquisition that, that remains to be uh, done throughout this offseason, be it the draft or remaining free agency and things of that nature. Um, but make no mistake, um, you know, he, he showed some things, particularly over the over the latter part of last year, and it's reasonable to expect him to build upon that. Um, and, and so I'm open to it, um, but but no definitive structure to it as we sit here today. Now, mind you, I'm not sharing with you any sort of trickery here. I'm not trying to fool the man. Okay, I asked a direct question, 
in which I have a genuine interest as it relates to covering the team. And I did throw the thing in at the end that said, and would you perceive that as being something that could affect the draft? So it's all there. I'm not relaying this to you as if, ha, 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 I tried to get him and I got him or anything like that. That's that's like way uncool. But you could hear for yourself from Tomlin's answer that, hell no, Leal's not cemented as anything. In fact, you didn't even hear from Tomlin as to whether or not he'd be lining up here or there, meaning interior, edge, who knows, who knows what Leal's going to be doing. That was basically what you got there from Tomlin. Well, okay then, so what are we talking about? As it relates to the defensive line for 2023, we're talking about Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi. And, yeah, they've signed a couple other guys. And every time I omit them, somebody gets mad to send something this way. You're talking about Cam and Larry, okay? As far as known commodities, known guys that you're going to put on that line and expect to get a significant contribution from, a veteran impact level contribution. And beyond that... You're looking at the draft. You're looking at the draft. I don't see how you can avoid looking at the draft in this circumstance. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Now, Tomlin and Khan can say, as they both did yesterday, that they feel they don't have any needs. They don't feel they have anything that's uh, tying them down to having to get a certain position in the draft. And they can say that based on X number of guys that they've gotten to fill X number of holes. But if you're talking about defensive line, if you're talking about inside linebacker, and you're talking about cornerback, you're talking about real and existing needs for impact. For impact. You don't get Cole Holcomb and Elandon Roberts and say, yep, that's it. We're done at inside linebacker. You just don't. You just don't. You're still looking for impact. Now, it's not there in this draft. I'm just throwing that out as an example. But now, from there, what I really liked and what made the biggest impression on me by far at this press conference was, A, what a tremendous mood Tomlin was in. Like, I totally didn't see that coming. He was borderline giddy. And you only see him like that. After a big W, and I'm talking like a Baltimore-level W. That's the only other time I've seen him this way. Just smiling, joking, going back and forth with the reporters, uh, interrupting playfully Omar to tell a funny story. Like, wow, really? (laughs) Who are you and what have you done with Mike Tomlin? So when they say they're excited, and they both said that several times, believe them. And the B thing that I liked, and liked this one even more, was that they both spoke right out there in the open about wanting to be aggressive, about wanting to trade up if they could see someone up there that they'd like. 
They also were pretty much putting their number 32 pick, the one that they got from the Bears for Chase Claypool, up for a sidewalk sale. They, they, they put the table out there and put up the little sign and everything else and said, here, come and get this. Tomlin referred to it as QB shopping, meaning that the Steelers aren't QB shoppers, but there are teams that are going to want to go between the first round and the second round, because this is the first pick of the second round, don't forget. They have all that time to re-examine who are the players who fell, and if you're a team that's still looking for a quarterback and a quarterback fell out of that first round, you might feel like you need to trade up to get that, and the Steelers are saying, come and get it. Come and get it, because who knows what it'll take for the Steelers to move up in the first round. My feeling is that it's not 32. It's more along the lines of 49 that they'd have to give up. Well, okay, if they give up 49 on day one to slide up a few notches, and you give up 32, but you get a couple of picks back, you're retaining your your depth. You're retaining the number of picks. You might even be adding your number of picks as you move your way down. And they do believe in the depth of this class, the overall depth of this class, another point that was repeatedly reinforced. All of which begs the question, who do you want to move up to get? Is it Jalen Carter? Is it Jalen Carter from Georgia, the Monster defensive lineman. Had some character questions and so forth and whatever else, but he's the guy. That's that's the target. First thing that comes to mind. It can be Christian Gonzalez, the outstanding corner from Oregon. It could be Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle, left tackle from Ohio State. Anyone else get excited yet? When we come back, J1Q... This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Cormac Carey. All the way over in Ireland, it says Irish Steelers fan DK, and this is my first listen every day. Uh, thanks, first of all, for that, Kerry. Naturally, there's a huge amount of draft talk right now. The waiting is awful, but just to change the tack a little, I'm currently reading Dan Rooney's book, My 75 Years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a great read. I can't put it down. Are there any recommendations or essential reading about the team Uh, in your opinion. I I have a couple for you here. And I say this as someone who, uh, in addition to everything else that I do, uh, we at DK Pittsburgh Sports have a shop in downtown Pittsburgh, a retail shop that includes a whole table of Pittsburgh sports books that I curate myself. And among the Steelers books that we have, uh, the two that sell the best, I have the one you're describing, by the way, the two that sell the best are Ryan Shazier's book, Walking Miracle, and a book on Troy Palomalu by my friend Jim Wexel that's just called Palomalu. In fact, uh, Jim was, uh, he's a reporter who's been covering the team for a long time. He's at the press conference yesterday, and he brought me a whole new box of books to take to the shop since we had sold out of his previous batch. 
The Shazier book is the one that I, I hear the most about in terms of feedback. I've read it myself. It's, it's very, very good. Uh, but that now comes with an additional uh, fun component in that Shazier was uh, just hired by the UFC gym people. Say with me on this. It's worth it. Uh, UFC, you know, the ultimate fighting people. Uh, they're opening up a gym right next to us on Fifth Avenue downtown. And uh, Shazier's going to be the ambassador to it. So he comes in to their gym now and he uh, tries out the equipment and, and poses for it and everything else that goes with the profile that he's got in the community. And I, I got to tell you, just having him right there and seeing him, uh, you know, looking like he does, moving like he does after being there for that night in Cincinnati is 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 just a joy. It's just a joy. I know this is not where you thought this answer was going to go. Uh, those are the books that I want to recommend to you, uh, the Shazier one and the Palomalu one. The one thing I would add here is always be cautious about the books that you read as it relates to who the authors are. There are some people who are what I describe as professional authors, and I don't even say that in a positive sense, meaning all they do is they collect the clippings from other people's work and amass it uh, as if it's their own. It's basically long-form aggregation. What you want when you get any sports book is to see that, A, the individual being documented was involved, or, if it's posthumous, the family. For example, David Manis's extraordinary book on Roberto Clemente. But it's always so, so, so much better to get it from someone who's really in on the subject matter and not just reading up on it after the fact. That's always going to be your separator with any good sports book. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone who listens to this show in Ireland. Let's do it again tomorrow. Oh, by the way, by the way, I was in Ireland. Uh, it was just, what year was that? I think it was five years ago. The year the Steelers played the Dolphins and the dude from the Dolphins ran for like a thousand yards against them. Uh, I flew over there to see a concert into Dublin uh, to see my favorite band, uh, The Vapors, reuniting after 35 years. Flew in, saw the concert, got on the airplane. The very next morning out of Dublin, flew right down to Miami and covered the Steelers getting run over by this dude whose name is escaping me at the moment, but I remembered everything about the concert. Let's do it again tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.